Good morning. That song, I want to know your heart. That's what we're talking about today. I didn't pick the music, but God did. Um, I want to talk to you about a, just a few things that God has shown me, taught me in the past several weeks and probably a month now. Um, but what I want to do first is pray. I want everybody to just close your eyes, bow your head. Um, I want to go to the Lord and, and thank him. Lord, thank you for today. God, I pray that every seat that's occupied here today hears your word, is not distracted by Satan himself, Lord, the thief. There's people here today, Lord, that you're going you're gonna to speak to, and I pray, Lord, that they'll move. They'll move towards you that they'll pursue you. Take away all distractions and may everything and that is said, Lord, through me, bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, we had a men's conference a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, I was blessed to get COVID from it. And I know who gave it to me. I'm not going to point him out. He's not here, but he's accusing me of giving him COVID, whatever. But we hugged a lot. We shared a lot of good times, didn't we? Um, I was in a meeting about planning the conference, and we were all jacked up, excited. And it's like, we're going to do these breakout sessions. And don't know why I did it, but I volunteered to do the breakout session of communication equals intimacy. So I go home. I say, all right. I don't know nothing about it, a little bit about it. So I told my wife, and she said, you? <laughs> well, she knows now, but she was joking. Um, she knows me. So I got studying it, and I had a book, and um, it's a book about this guy wrote it, him and his wife wrote one for women, he wrote one for men, and they went around and uh, thousands and thousands of women, what do women want and this and that, and how do women think, and we did these breakout sessions, uh, one every hour or so, and I had my little spot up in the, um, the top looking out the window, I could see some mountains. Omar wanted the theater. He was doing one. And glad I got where I was at because I started doing these breakout sessions. And what we did, eight or ten men would come up, and they would, eight or ten men would go to Omar's, and uh, some others had breakouts. And then we'd switch. We'd rotate. And I got to, through the first one, and God really started to tug at me. I wanted to hear Omar's, but he wouldn't give me his notes. He wouldn't tell me what he was talking about. I begged him for his notes because I didn't want us to overlap. And we didn't overlap. God used both of us to prepare the men's hearts. More importantly, he, he got my heart through this. I probably learned more through the men's conference than I, than I taught and that's what I want to get at today. And, and speaking of men's conference, 
our church is doing something really huge and God has blessed us. We are opening a home, and if you've heard this for the first time, it's going to be your second or third. We're opening a home for uh, recovery for men. It's called the Greenhouse Recovery Ministries. Yes. God has blessed us. And Mr. DJ is going to be running the home. And God blessed us last weekend, was it, with... Almost $23,000 to open this home. That's, that's, that's manna from heaven. God is good. And we are starting to, to work on this. And we're building beds next week. We have a home. We have the men coming. That These men, they need poured into. They're looking to come closer to God. And we're going to give them that. We're going to give them help. And you may be sitting here saying, oh, that's not me. Any man in here, you're one or two decisions away from wanting a home like this, needing a home like this. So don't think you're too big not to end up there. Um, But we need, we still need financial support. This is going on monthly and monthly and monthly. We still need provision. We, We need furniture. We need pots and pans and I'm going to ask you, if, if it's something that you don't want, there's a reason you don't want it, we don't want it. So we don't need a yard sale stuff that's dinged up, beat up. God always gives his best, and we're giving our best to these men. So we give our best, we try to in everything we do. So if you have a couch that you don't want that's been in your storage for 14 years, good chance we're not going to want it either. But if you want to help out, you have a chance to help out a good cause here and help these men out monthly. Um, you can do it weekly. We're going to need all kinds of things. But get with DJ right here on that or get with me after service. But back to the men's conference, I was uh, up top looking out this window and I'm, I'm telling these guys about communicating with their wife. And women are different. We know that, okay? Women, I told them that women have a, a lot of windows open. I spoke to a guy after, well, last week, that was in one of my breakout sessions. And I can't tell you everything in my breakout session. A, you're not a man. And B, some of it would embarrass me. But we talked about some stuff. And I saw him come in with his wife, and he's just giddy. And I said, hey, brother. Have you implemented anything? And he just, this guy looked like he'd come off Mount Sinai, just glowing. And he, he said some things that God was working with him on. Well, sitting in that, teaching these guys, um, I started talking about communication and getting closer to your wife and what it produces And I was looking, I think it was the second or third breakout. I was talking, I had to do the same thing over and over. And now I know why God wanted to do it over and over. About the second breakout, I'm staring out the window and I'm seeing these mountains and God had planted a seed in me years ago um, at a marriage conference. Julie asked me, did I want to go to a marriage conference? It was the sixth 
fifth or sixth game of the World Series. No, no, I don't, no, I don't want to go. I went. She said, we're going to renew our vows. We go to this beautiful, beautiful place in Asheville, up in the mountains, retreat center. We take some friends of ours. We get there, walk in. This is, I mean, beautiful rooms, like dorms. I walk in, and I, I scout the whole room out. You may know what I'm looking for. So I said, ignorantly, I said, hey, bud, something ain't right here, because I've been in hotels all over the world. And I know, I said, where's the TV? First thing I shouldn't have said. She said, we don't need no TV. That's why we come here, spend time together. Okay, okay. My buddy comes in. Hey, how's your room? I said, dude, we ain't got no TV in here, man. He said, you just come watch a game in my room. I said, you got a TV? He said, not right, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> so we go down to this conference. And all I could think about is the game, man. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss the game. Well, luckily they had a, a 13 and a half inch screen mounted in this huge convention hall. Yeah. And one of the breakout sessions that they offered, we, you would meet in a big center, and then they would, they would announce these breakout sessions. And one of them was something about better sex. Well, you mentioned that to men. I mean, they didn't have a sign-up sheet. But when the guy said, hey, we're over, go to your breakouts, dude, it looked like a herd of bulls. That was, you remember that? It filled up like that. There was standing room only. So long story short, I go in this, in this room, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to hear something here. And I see this couple, and I'm, I'm sitting up at the breakout session, and God is revealing all this back to me. That he just, he planted years ago. And I'm talking to these guys. And I'm, I think at one point, Chris was beside me. He's sitting up here. He was beside me and I'm talking, I'm talking and God's just dealing with me. And I wanted to finish something. I looked at him and I knew he was going to basically finish what I said. And I said, go ahead, man. And about that time, God took me back to that marriage conference. And I noticed these, this couple that was doing this marriage conference, they were giddy. They were just glowing with one another. You ever seen these people that just, they're happy all the time, you know? And you wonder, what's going on? You can't be that happy. This couple loved each other. And what God gave me there was communication Openness, and that's what they were talking about. Without going into detail, I can't go into detail. I went in detail at the marriage conference. If you want to know, ask your husband if he was there. But being open and honest with your wife, with your husband, for that fact, produces a few things. Produces freedom. And at the end, it produces joy. There's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness can go up and down. I think joy is permanent. 
So that's what I got. And what I want to share with you today is a, a message that God has given me over the last couple of weeks about knowing God. You want to know God's heart, you sang it the song this morning. You want to know his heart, listen up. This is what God's given me. This is what God has shown me. He's taught me, and he's opened me up for it. So knowing God, knowing your wife, knowing your husband produces joy, a healthy marriage. And I was talking to a young man at the conference, and he was, he was telling me what he was struggling with. And he started telling me, my wife doesn't do this, my wife doesn't do that, she doesn't do this. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. And I said, have you ever asked her to? He said, uh-uh, uh-uh, no. I said, dude, I wanted to say, dummy, go home and ask her. Well, I've seen him since. He's got a better smile on his face. Men, you're asking your wife to, for things. You're, you're wondering why they don't do things. And this goes for women too. Ask them. You get mad over something, you never ask. You're in it. I don't know if you knew what God was giving me, but I said, to the guys in my breakout, this is going to make sense a little bit. Knowing God produces joy. And how do we know God? For one, you've got to pursue God. If you want to know your wife, you want to know your husband, you've got to pursue, pursue her, pursue him. Okay? God's a gentleman. There's places Jesus walked around. God's not going to just run you down every day, every day. He's a gentleman. Okay? You pursue God. Let's look at what Paul talked about in Galatians. Galatians 4, 8, and verse 9. Paul said earlier, it's one thing to know God. And if you're writing something, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's one thing to know God, but it's another to be known by him. It's one thing to know God, but it's better to be known by him. How are we known by God? God's speaking to some of y'all right now. And here shortly, you need to answer. Paul says in Galatians 4, starting in verse 8, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods. That's a little g gods. That's anything in your life that takes you away from the master, that takes you away from God, that don't even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back and become slaves once more 
to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world. Another verse that I didn't give Casey is Matthew 7, 21. He gave it to me the other night, reminded me of it. I told DJ, this is one I've always wondered about. Matthew 7, 21, you can write that down. There it is. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. What? Not everyone. Only. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. Keep going. Keep going. It says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, I did all this stuff. I went to church. I cooked some meals. I put a couple dimes in the plate. And here we go. And you perform many miracles. One more, Casey. But I will reply, this, would, this scares me. What does it say, DJ? I never knew you. Well, God knows everything, right? I said this years ago in a small Bible study, and this lady looked at me and said, God knows everything. How does he not know us? And I had read it in this book, and I couldn't explain it to her because I was young in my faith, and I just gave her the book. I said, go and read it. She read it and came back, and she goes, whoa. How does God know you? How does your wife know you? You pursue her. You go after her. If you read all throughout the Bible, David was an apple of God's eye. David was with God. No, God was with David. God was with David. God was with David. It's all in the Bible. God was with David. You know why God was with David? Because David was always with God. He was pursuing him, regardless of what he's done. Nobody in this room's done what he's done. There's some dads in this room that need to know God. You're sitting with your families today, and the only thing you're going to leave is your legacy. That's the only thing you're going to leave. I walked out of here one day, and I've I may have said this 50 times, but it's here, it's 51. This man right here gave me a word. And I told him, I said, I'm being honest with you. When I was leaving, I didn't want to see you. I didn't want to talk to you. He yells at me, I've got a word for you, brother. He's like, oh, come on, man. Just let me get to my truck. I want to go home. Got a word for you. He said, so I go over there just to make him happy. He said, brother Chris, God's told me your descendants will be blessed. Daddies, fathers. The only thing you can leave your family is your legacy with God. Okay? At your funeral, they don't want to hear how hard you worked. And this one's, this one's free. Your wife doesn't care how much money you make. She just wants you around. Figure I'd get an amen on that one from some women, but they don't care what you make. 
They want you around. They want you to pursue them. God wants you to pursue them. He says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. David drew near to God. God drew near to David. You know why you're far from God? It's because you haven't drawn near to God. That's the only reason. You haven't pursued him. Spending time with God. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God. That's pursue above all else. Amen. Everything. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Not everything you want, everything you need. There's only one thing that we can boast about. There's only one thing we can brag about that looks good in God's eyes. It's not our money. It's not our anything. We can only boast and brag about this. Let's read this. Jeremiah 9.23 This is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom. I don't care how much scripture you know. You don't impress me by how much Bible you know. You, there's all but maybe one person in this room that knows more scripture. Well, I'm trying to say I don't know a lot of scripture. I know a lot, I just don't remember it. I mean, I'm, I'm to the point I can hide my own Easter eggs and I just, I, you know, I forget stuff, but God puts stuff in my heart. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom. The powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast, brag, should boast in this alone. One thing you can, you can brag on, that they truly know me. Don't you want to truly know God? And you know why you're not moving toward God? Why you're not, you don't walk in here with a smile on your face? Because you truly don't know him. That's why. When you truly know God, you can't wipe that grin off. And I've been around him. I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and I delight in these things. I delight in people knowing me. So write that down. God delights in truly knowing me. I want to take you still with Paul. Acts 17, verses 13 to 15. 13 through 15. Now correct me, Casey. Acts 17, 16 to 23. I read this years ago and I did a little thing about um, to some youth. I read it again and God gave me more and more and more. And what my pastor, Pastor Josh, has taught me by listening to him, there are words have meaning. There's not a word in the Bible that's there just to be there. Yeah. 
Okay? And you see words, and, I'm, and I've heard him preach every Sunday, and he'll, he'll take one word and preach a whole sermon on it. I'm like, gosh, wow. I never saw that. But now I'm getting to see it. You know, I'm getting God's given that to me. And this is Paul. Paul's been preaching and preaching. He's run out of town to town to town. And he goes into this town, Athens, or Dandridge, or Jeff County. And he says in verse 16, Paul's there waiting on the others to come, and he's in Athens. He's deeply troubled. I wish a whole lot more of us would get deeply troubled about what's going on. We could do a whole lot more here. By all the idols he saw everywhere. And an idol is anything that separates you from God, keeps you away from God. And may I say, keep you from your wife. And that's from the men's conference. There's a lot of stuff that keep you from pursuing your wife. Okay? You want to know why your wife doesn't know you? I'm going to make some of you mad, but God gave me this. If you get off the game sets, if you get off the TV and get in there and do a little snuggling, your wife might know you. So, all right. That's not even in my notes, but. Paul, he went to a synagogue. He was there in the city reasoning with the Jews. And the God-fearing Gentiles. Now, these were saved people. He spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. These are just the smart guys. These are the guys that know Scripture. When he told them about Jesus and his resurrection, they said, what's this babbler trying to say? You ever left here thinking that? You might today, I hope not. What's, he, what's this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? There's nothing strange about God. Others said he seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. That's a little God, a little G. They took him, now they're mad, they took him to the council of the city, city council. They said, come tell us about this new teaching. You were saying some rather strange things. You know, you ever sit in church and you hear something strange? It's good, but it's strange. You know why it's strange? Because you don't know God. If you knew God, it would, you would understand it. The Bible says a natural man doesn't understand the things of God. When we know God, we understand it. And go back to our wives. When I know my wife, I understand her. We getting it? Yeah. Knowing God. You say, some say strange things, but we want to know all about. Verse, let's keep going. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. He said, men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. You come to church. You do all the church stuff. And I'm going to tell you, Christianity is not coming to church on Sunday. Christianity is not thinking about God on Sunday. Christianity is on your job, and you're thinking about God. When you're at home washing dishes, 
thinking about God. When you're at school teaching, thinking about God. When you're out here building a new platform, thinking about God. That's Christianity. But he says, for I was walking along and I saw your many shrines and one of your altars had this inscription and it said, to an unknown God, to an unknown God, this is what Paul saw. And he said, this God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. How do we pursue something we don't know? How do we go after something we don't know anything about? Now, I told my guys, I said, it's like hunting a bear. If you don't know how a bear acts and you're going hunting for it, chances are you're going to get killed. If you don't know how their nose works, how their eyes work, their senses, you're going to get killed. Now, who is this God? How do we get to know God? This God, in verse the, Acts 17, 24, Next verse over, Paul tells them who this God is he's talking about. He's the God, verse 24, who made the world and everything in it. God made everything since he is Lord. He made everything and he's Lord. Okay? Verse 25, he gives life and breath to everything. He determines the boundaries. Verse 27, his purpose is for everyone, all nations, to seek to pursue him. And perhaps, this is when I had a Josh moment. Seek after God and perhaps feel their way feel their way toward him and find him. It sounds like a blind person to me. Feel their way until they find him. This is Paul saying this. They're feeling their way. Scripture tells us before we're saved, we're blinded. That the little gods of this world blind us. Satan blinds you from God. Some of you are sitting in here today and you're thinking about what you're going to do after this. I'll say something through the Lord and you're blinded. That's what Paul's talking about. They're feeling their way around. It's got to be a blind person. If you've got eyes, you don't need to feel your way around to find God, right? Verse 30, God overlooked their ignorance in the earlier times. But not now. Not now, brothers, sisters. He commands everyone to repent of their sin and turn to him. Christianity, the gospel isn't but two things. You're going one way. You're doing your own life. You turn and you go toward God with faith, repentance and faith. That's it. Repentance and faith. Somebody's going to come say, brother, you didn't say obedience. Got to be obedient too. 
But you can be obedient without faith. Faith produces obedience. Okay? Faith produces obedience. Verse 32. Verse 31. Let's go back to 31. Paul says he has set a day to judge the world. Everyone in here, you'll stand before an almighty God. You'll be right by yourself. There won't be nobody with you. With justice, we have a God of justice. He's fair. He's merciful. Justice by the man he has appointed, and that man is Jesus Christ. And he proved to everyone by raising him, Jesus, from the dead. When they heard Paul speak, these churchgoers and these smart guys, some even laughed in contempt. Some others said, we want to hear more about this later. I'll come back in three or four more weeks and we'll hear it again. That ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him. Some got saved. Some joined him. Most didn't. And they became what? Believers. Even a woman named Demarius. And that's a whole nother story. So knowing God, pursuing God. This is where it gets real thick. I told my men to be honest with their wife. There's a better word though, it's transparent. When you can be transparent with your wife or your husband, makes life a little easier at the house. When you're hiding something, makes it difficult. We know that. And while I was up in there in that room and I started talking about transparency, I'm thinking, God's saying, if you're just transparent with me, you know everything. And I went down to Omar's breakout and I forget who it was I wouldn't tell you if I knew anyway but this, this young boy comes out of your breakout and he's talking about pornography I'm struggling with it and I'm doing this and I said tell God about it he already knows he, he already knows you're walking around acting like he doesn't know what your issues are. God already knows. And we try to conceal them. Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will not even prosper. But if they confess and they turn from them, they will receive mercy. I'm not saying confess them to others. That's a good way to get burnt unless you, unless you have a good, godly person you can trust. Everybody needs one or two of them. But be careful. I'm not talking about confessing them to your friends. I'm talking about 
confessing them to a God that already knows what you're going through. So every morning since the men's conference, and I was doing it a little bit before that, I get on my knees and I go to God and I, and I say, good morning, master. That wakes him up. He's already up, but he likes to hear the word master. If you notice when the boat was rocking, the disciples were in it and they're scared, scared to death, the waves roaring. The, the water didn't wake Jesus up. He's in the bottom of the boat. That didn't wake him up. The thunder didn't wake him up. And the Bible calls these young disciples ignorant. Basically, ignorant ramuses. That's what it calls them. They're standing out there scared to death. And finally, they say, Master! They're sailing on a pond, a real calm pond. He come up when he heard, Master, Lord. I get on my knees every morning and I ask my guys to do this. If you've got a pornography problem, if you've got an anger problem, God already knows it, tell him. And what happens when you deal with that during the day, his Holy Spirit, that's God, will remind you. And you get up off your knees and you're like, I'm clean. He knows. God knows, and he's going to tell me during the day. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil works in the mornings. That's when he gets you. He'll get you in the mornings, and he'll get you right before you go to bed. I don't know why that is, but it's morning time when he nails you. So if you confess your problems, and stop, and then you, you don't have to some have some elaborate prayer. I don't know where that come from. I've been in churches, guys get down on their knees and they say a prayer and you're like, whoa, I ain't praying. You hear that dude? No, he's your father. He's your master. Tell him, talk to him like you're talking to your wife. I've got an issue with this today, God. It might not be the same issue tomorrow. God, I'm, I've got an issue of I'm going to be put in a position today. I might have to lie. Right before you do it, he's going to remind you. You're going to remember telling God in the morning that, and boom, God deals with you, and you don't. Whatever your issue is, and we all have issues. So how are we able to be transparent? By this time, Luke 23 Here's where it gets good. If you haven't listened all day, all morning, set up. Because this is what I don't want you to miss. By this time, it was about noon and darkness fell. Guys, this is recorded in history, not just the Bible. This has been recorded. Has it not, Kenneth? This has been recorded. So you're saying, oh, I don't believe the Bible. You believe history. All that Plato stuff and all them poems and poetry, that was 400 B.C. before Christ. None of that stuff was written. So by this time, it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly 
the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down from the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I trust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. I'm going to play a quick video for you so you can get a, a picture. Can you, somebody do the lights so we can see this better? Of what happened here. Right, hold on before you play it. Stop it. Some of this stuff may sound strange to you. But here's what it is. Old Testament, you couldn't come to God. You had to go through a high priest. You had to come in there with your chicken or your lamb or your goat or your bull, whatever, and cut it up and give it to a high priest. He went into the holy temple that had three curtains. The last curtain was a holy of holies. Only one man could go in there after he cleaned himself. If he had any sin in his life, as soon as he entered that, that curtain, he would be struck dead. They would put bells. Like if I was going to send Derek in there, they put a bell on him. When they hear the bell quit jingling, they know he's dead and they, they pull a rope on him, pull him out. You, can only, you couldn't even go to God. So God said, okay, we're going to change it up. And this is what happened when Jesus died. Right when he said it's finished. Here's what's finished. Play it, Casey. That veil rips from the top to the bottom of the Holy of Holies. It's that thick. Over four inches thick, decorated in purple with angels on it, and it ripped right from the top to the bottom. Do you get it? You have full access to a God now. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go into a little booth of wicker and tell a priest what's wrong with you. You get on your knees in the morning and you tell God, you come, you have access Hebrews 10, 19. Since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts by fully trusting him. Tell him what's wrong. Tell him you're having a problem. Help me today, and I guarantee you, if you're a child of God and you have the Holy Spirit, he will provoke your heart. That's what you get when you accept Christ as your Savior. He comes into your life, gives you his spirit where he can talk to you and you can talk to him. All right? Knowing is pursuing. It's never over. It's never over. There's some people in here today, you think it's over? It's not over. God always has a plan. If we talk to him, he'll tell you. Not verbally, he's not going to. He'll tell you through scripture. And knowing God, when that veil was opened, there was an ark of the covenant, and we don't have time to go into all that. But in that chest were the Ten Commandments. But what it symbolizes to me is when that curtain 
was opened. When our curtain, when we have total access to God, it's through his word. Here's total access to God. It's available. But it's not over, guys. There's always a plan. To know God is to pursue him. Many haven't pursued him. You're pursuing so many other things. But what I want to show you today, and I want to end on this, is a, not yet, Casey, a picture that has just blown me away. Maybe some of you have seen it. I've never seen it. I've been studying this picture. Julie, you've seen me study it. And it's just, it's ripped my heart up just thinking about it. And the more I look at it, the more I see, the more stuff God shows me. I, God has got me with this picture so much that I went to Amazon and I ordered two copies of it. One I'm going to frame. And the other one I'm going to give to somebody. I don't know. God's going to tell me who to give it to. But there's a lot of you here today. There's some of you that you think it's over. It's not. Pursuing God, it's not over. Casey, put this picture up here. All right. Can somebody hit the lights, please? Has anybody ever seen this? This is an original painting. This paint was 1864. Can we move? Is Facebook seeing this? And by the way, good morning. Anybody on Facebook? You got a thumb up? Good morning to my, I think my father-in-law is watching. The captain. He's like my dad now. I want to go over something with you, and I want you to pay attention. This may be the difference between you waking up separated from God for eternity or living with God for eternity. The name of this picture is called Checkmate. And I don't know anything about chess. But meet me at Cracker Bell, and I'll stomp you in checkers. Just ask Autumn. All right? I don't know. I couldn't tell you one thing about chess. They were playing it at the men's conference. I don't know. Maybe I'm not that smart. Josh was beating somebody, and I was like, dude, like, you know, he knows. And if he's watching... He'll figure this out. But you don't need to know chess to figure this out. But there was a man, 1864, this guy named Mortz um, something, I can't, some German name. But if you want to Google this later, Google the word checkmate, the picture checkmate. Um, this was at the Louvre. 
if you know where the Louvre is, it's a famous museum in France where they have all the famous pictures. And this guy, this tour, he was on a tour. They were showing everybody all the pictures at the Louvre. Not a place I would go, I want to go. I'm not into that kind of stuff. There's probably some in here. You're probably into it, aren't you? Um, I could tell. They were looking at all these pictures. It was a group of men. And the curator is the guy that takes you around on the tour, and he's showing them the picture, and they go to the next one, and to the next one, and to the next one. And they got to this one, and the curator said, at the bottom it says checkmate. Well, they all looked at it, and all but one, this one guy, he sits there and he's staring at it. Like it seems forever. Hours passed, and he's staring at it. And the, the group's done gone. They're left, they've left him. The curator and the buddies come back and say, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I'm a chess champion. He said, I've played chess all my life, and I know chess. And I stand here looking at this. He said, you need to go get the curator. You need to go get the manager. He said, why? He said, there's something wrong here. You see, the devil is playing this man for his soul. This man on the right, he's done. It's over. And I, the more I looked at it, and I, I Googled it, I searched it, I found old articles from 1900s. This angel in the back, she's looking down at the board too. Satan's got a feather in his hat. It's a symbolism for pride. Better than you, bud. He's holding in his hand some chess figure. I don't know, but it's the one that symbolizes peace. He just took peace from this guy. A lot of you in here don't have peace. Peace comes, comes with knowing God. He's took it from him. He's ready. Checkmate means you don't have another move, bud. Your king is done. In my chess players, am I right? There's no other move. You're done. But the guy looks and he says, I've, I've studied this and I've studied it and I've looked at it. And he goes, either you need to change the name of the picture or take it down. He said, because the king has another move. It ain't over. I know. He goes, what do you mean? He says, I know chess. And I've looked at all the, all the pieces. And he goes, this should not be called checkmate because the king has another move. God has another move right here. It's not over. This guy thinks it's over. But what God gave me about the angel is looking right at probably the piece he needs to move. If he would just look up, If he would just look up, it's not over. Whatever's in your life, whatever 
you're sitting here today and you don't even know if you're saved or not. It's not over. You have access to an almighty God. It's not over. The king has another move. There's so much symbolism in here. But he's not done. You can cut the lights back on. It's not done. God wants to rescue you. All this guy had to do was look up. And the Holy Spirit saying, it's right there. Right there. Move it. The Holy Spirit speaking to some of you today. He's saying, move. And Satan's telling you, you're fine. But I'm telling you, God wants to rescue you. God wants to know you. God wants you to pursue him. And he wants to rescue you. He wants to rescue you so you can rescue others. That's what we're doing at the men's house. That's what we're doing in a lot of other ministries. God's using us to rescue people. Jude 1.22 says this, and some of you have compassion. Some of us. Making a difference. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Can I tell you something? We have brothers and sisters going through stuff in our life. If you're not going through something, hang on, you will. Please don't talk about them. All right? We're here to rescue people, aren't we, DJ? God's here to rescue you. We're here to rescue people and point them to the Savior. If you think one of your brothers and sisters is having an issue, if you knew God, if you really knew God, he tells you to go to them, rescue them, help them, not talk about them. We got too much of that going here. We're here to rescue people. It's not over. Put that picture back up, Casey. It's not over. Delivered from the shame and guilt of an abortion. My wife, it's not over. It's not over. Is it? It's not over. Sitting in the woods in the mountains with a broken back, addicted to dope. It's not over, is it? It's not over. The king has another move. The king has another move, doesn't he? I know your story, the king, and I know yours a little bit. The king has another move. They're shaking their head. Delivered from homosexuality, the king has another move. Huh? Delivered from pornography. The king has another move. He wants to know you. He wants to rescue you. Homeless. 
That's what gets me. No mom and dad in the foster care system. I met a bunch of foster kids this morning. I said, I got one too. I had one now. No mom and daddy. But the king had another move, didn't he? I'm now her daddy. The king has another move in your life. God wants to rescue you. There's other stories in here. God's delivered you from whatever drug it is. God's got another move in your life, but you've got to move. You've got to look up. That's what I'm asking you today is to look up. Get to know God. Pursue him. If God is moving in your heart today, here's what's going to happen. That Satan, the thief, the liar, the one with the pride feather in his hat, the one holding the peace that he had just stolen from this guy. He's stealing your peace right now by telling you, you don't have to do nothing. You're fine. You're the ones that need to come down here today and publicly confess Jesus as your Lord and he will rescue you. Yeah. When you're down and we're all going to get down, when you think your marriage is broke, the king has another move. When your finances are all messed up, the king has another move. Am I right? Yeah. Is God right? bow your heads I'm going to give you a chance I'm, I don't beg anybody and God doesn't beg anybody he's a gentleman but he says I knock at the door he doesn't kick your door in he knocks you have to welcome him in your chance today to get to know the rescuer to get to know God if you don't know God the way you should know him Pursue him more. Hit your knees in the morning. Just try that for 30 days. Somebody do it for 30 days and come back to me and tell me it's not working. Because it is. Hey, when you have a difficult child, the king has another move. I want you to remember that. The king Always, God always has another move. You got to look up. God, thank you for today. Thank you for just using me, Lord, just some wretched sinner that's saved by grace. God, there's people here, there's people online that just need to be rescued, that need to be Adopted, Lord, you promised if you just call out your name, repent, ask you to save them, Lord. You are faithful to do so. You adopt them into your family where they're known by you. Lord, anybody in this sanctuary with heads down, anybody in this sanctuary needs rescue from God, wants to know God, 
I'm going to ask you to stand up because if you're embarrassed here, the Bible says you'll be embarrassed out there. Just stand up and we'll pray with you. You can be assured of one thing. When you walk out of here, he's your Lord. Anybody want to raise their hand and say, I need prayer. I want to know God more. I want to know what he wants for me. I want to be transparent with him. Thank you for your hands. There's a lot here that Satan is telling. There's a lot of stuff that he's telling you right now. And only God knows that. Thank you for your hand. I'm going to ask DJ, where's DJ? Um, God wants to rescue him, but I want you to end some prayer. And thank everyone for coming today. And just remember, the king always has a final move. Pursue him with all your heart. Get to know him. It's a great journey. Father, we just come to you humbly admitting that we need you as desperately on our good days as we need you on our bad days. God, some of us here are struggling and some of us here are rejoicing. And God, we all need you just the same. And I pray that you would, you would meet every need, every, every hand that was raised, every thought that was raised, that was afraid to raise a hand. I pray that you meet it. God, you know our worries. You know our troubles. You know our struggles. But we surrender them now. God, I surrender my fear of what's coming in the future. My doubts and my worries that I may not be good enough. Because God, the truth is you are good enough. And I confess these things to you. And I pray God that you meet me right there. You've already gone ahead. You've already made a way. You already have a plan. And God, I just need to rest in your presence, in your peace, and just be obedient to walk in faith, knowing that you've made a way. I pray that there's hearts that are hurting here today that you would, you would touch them, that you would lead your obedient children to that heart, that we could be the hands and feet, that we could be the love that they could feel from you. And God, they, they would accept that love that you would cover that hurt, cover that harm, and they would stand up and claim victory in your name, in Jesus' name. That we would walk out of the victim mindset today. Know that you love us. That we would walk in victory. That we would leave here today in full pursuit of you, in full pursuit of your word, in full pursuit of your love, your mercy, your grace, your people, the lost, the dying, the hurting. That we could get outside of ourselves 
that we could separate ourselves from our own troubles and our own worries, that we could care about those around us. And God, that, that we could love you and love other people above all else. And know with that comes being loved by you and loved by other people. God, I know you love me no matter what, but sometimes I choose not to feel it. Help me to feel it today. In Jesus' name, amen.